Hey everyone, this is Tiffany. And this is George. Welcome to our podcast, Richness of the Word. Today we are going to look at Joshua chapter 2 and the story of Rahab. But before we do, we do have a guest we would like to introduce, a good friend of ours, one Lee Curry. How you doing? I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Lee uh, is a member of our church, Redeemer mm-hmm. Church here in Tomball, and he is heavily involved in the youth group, helping out the youths, and yes. uh, he's, he's, he's an awesome guy, and we're looking forward to uh, seeing what uh, the Spirit has revealed to him also in, in studying chapter two. So Joshua chapter two, before we start discussing it, we do want to encourage our listeners to take a moment and read the chapter uh, for themselves uh, before continuing on with our discussion so that everything makes sense. So if you have not read chapter two, please pause us at this time and read the chapter. So Joshua chapter two, upon examining it, it actually kind of seems out of place in the narrative. If you could actually go from the last verse of chapter one, Joshua addressing everybody and then go straight on to chapter three. He arose early in the morning and they all set out. It's almost like chapter two is it's kind of out of place. But I think that just points to the fact that the writer was very intentional about wanting to have this story in there. And as we saw, it's a it's a very great story and an mm-hmm. impressive story. Lee, tell me about your takeaway from chapter two overall. Yeah, my biggest takeaway was honestly God's God's overall mission that doesn't just start in the narrative of Joshua, but it starts from Genesis and goes all the way to Revelation, which is to call all of the nations to to worship him and to be in relationship, to be in communion with him. Um, and we see this because these these spies go into the promised land and they meet Rahab and Rahab actually gives glory to God, even though that the God of the Israelites, Yahweh, is not actually her God, but she still mm-hmm. gives glory and ascribes glory to the the God of the Israelites. Um, and that's that is God's mission for us. And that is God's mission for the whole world, for the whole world to give glory to him for all to know him absolutely and and just what a beautiful display of god's grace in chapter two right not only is she a canaanite the enemy she's a prostitute and she's welcomed into god's people mm-hmm. when we discussed before this you know you pointed out that she's also in the genealogy of jesus yeah that's that's always been crazy to me that you can see rahab in the line of jesus um, but I think, I think it just proves that God is in the business of redeeming sinners, of reconciling all people, people that we would think, oh, God doesn't want them. He, he's in the business of, of redeeming them and being in a relationship with those people, with us who are, who are the chief of sinners. Um, and that's, it's just proof that God can use us no matter how how far off the reservation, how far off we think we may have been. God still has a place for us and God still wants to use us and still wants to be in a relationship with him, mm-hmm. with us. Yeah, it shows because most people think I have to have it all together before I come to Christ. And, right. and you don't. You can see that in the, in the entire Bible. 
right? The church is, is just, it's God's refuge for all sinners who are in need of grace. And we'll, we'll focus more on, on Rahab here and her faith and her confession of faith in a little bit. But yeah, Rahab's faith really is a point of focus in the New Testament, right? She's in the, the Hall of Faith section, you know, Hebrews 11. Uh, she's also mentioned in James chapter 2. And, and again, the genealogy of Jesus. I mean, she is considered one of these heroes of uh, the Bible. When examining chapter 2, uh, y'all may have noticed, like the first seven verses are a narrative, uh, kind of an exciting narrative too, right? Mm -hmm. Suspenseful. The, the spies are on the run and uh, they could get caught, right? Uh, they take shelter and Rahab lies and tells them, you know, and then the men pursue and then they shut the gate, right? And then it just kind of leaves you waiting to see, okay, well, what happens next? Yeah. The Right now, the gate is shut. There's no way for the spies to get out of town. Um, and then the narrative will truly pick up again and it'll answer this question of how do they get out starting in verse 15. But I think the writer is wanting you to pay attention in verses 8 through 14 by putting it in the middle of this suspenseful narrative because he's like, this is the most important part, mm -hmm. Rahab's confession. This is the part you need to pay attention to and hear. This is the point of this story and why I'm putting this chapter in here. Yeah. So let's look at verses 8 through 14, right, in, in particular, which is Rahab's confession. So first off, Rahab goes to these two spies. And first off, she talks about how she has heard the testimony about God. Then she confesses her faith. And then she seeks refuge in God. And these are three things that if you think about it, every Christian who comes to Christ, they've done these three things, right? They hear about God, they confess their faith, they seek for mercy mm -hmm. and, and they repent, right? And they seek refuge in God. I think it's interesting in her time because the Christian people are all people that have seen everything that's happened and witnessed God and his power and she's only heard about it so it's like how powerful is he for someone a gentile right to to look to and want to be a part of that and to have more faith than someone who's actually seen it you know yeah i think that that just goes to show how important our own testimonies are like we like in verse 10 um rahab says for we have heard about the lord we've heard what the lord has done we've heard the works the yeah. miracles, the the powerful things that he has done. And then she, like you were saying, George, she, she seeks comfort. She seeks asylum. She knows that this God is her only hope of salvation. Um, and that's what we do with people. We go out and we say, hey, look what Jesus has done for me. He can do it for you. Look what Jesus has done for this person and this person. Look what Jesus has done to change my life. And then other people see that and they say, I want that. I want to be a part of that. I want to have that God as my God. I want to, I want to have that God change my life to fix my life. Right. Faith exists because of knowledge of God. You've heard of him. Right. Uh, and then even, I think it's important also to share testimonies and everything with people who are already Christians, right. Continue to learn more about what God has done 
uh, in each other's lives and, and through what you've read in, in the Bible and those things, because faith grows as you learn more yeah. about God. Right. So as Lee pointed out, right, we have the, she talks about how she's heard about God, heard the testimony in verse 10. And then in verse 11, we have her confession of faith, mm-hmm. right? Just like Romans, Romans 10, 9, right? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Tiffany, read verse 11. Well, I don't know which version I'm reading from, but <laughs> no wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord, your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Okay. So she calls, right? Yahweh, your God, right? Yahweh, your Adonai, the sovereign one. Mm-hmm. And she even says that God, that he is the God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath saying that he's basically, this is a declaration saying that he's the only God mm-hmm. and he is of utter supremacy. And I don't know how familiar Rahab is with uh, Deuteronomy, but if you look in Deuteronomy chapter four, verse 39, God through Moses says, and when speaking to the Israelites, know therefore today and lay it to your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Mm -hmm. There is no other. This is the acknowledgement about God's supremacy that is required of Israel. And here is Rahab making the exact statement. It's one of those things like, how, how did she, I can only imagine the two spies. Like, how did she know this? Yeah. How did she, this is, this is what Moses told (laughs) us to, to believe like word for word. And it's, I mean, it's gotta be the spirit, right? Mm -hmm. The spirit, the spirit moving. Um, One other thing to point out. Y'all listeners, we talked a little bit about it uh, in our first episode about Joshua and the conquest. A lot of people look at Joshua and go, oh, it's genocide. It's it's exterminating a race. It's about exterminating a race of people, right? A lot of unbelievers point to Joshua as kind of like, oh, the God of the Old Testament. He's bloodthirsty and mean and, and everything. And you know, Rahab really seems to show, no, race has nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's about submission to the Lord. Because notice Rahab says that the people of Jericho, everybody's heard this. Yeah. And they, they've heard it and they tremble, right? Like the, the demons in, in James 2.19, they're afraid. Mm-hmm. But only Rahab is the one that then goes, I'm going to submit to the God. Yeah. And then finally, we have verses 12 and 13, right? Faith doesn't end with the knowledge of God. One also must seek refuge in him. She asks for mercy, the, the same kind of mercy that God shows Israel. I love, I love verse 13 um, because it's, it's just a show, again, that like those who have no business being in the kingdom of God or working with or having a relationship with the God of the universe, which is us. We have no business because we are sinners, but those who have no business can still seek refuge. If they, if they have these three things, if they have the hearing of, of the knowledge of God, and then they have the faith, they confess their faith 
and then they don't just have that knowledge like you said george but then they surrender they say i need mercy like god have mercy on me i need you the only thing that will save me from condemnation my only hope is you god and then you have like if you look at verse 15 and verse 21 rahab then provides the action that accompanies faith don't be hearers of the word only but doers there you go James 2.25 says, In the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. So the New Testament even points to what Rahab does here as proof of her salvation. Now, right, James does make it clear that works don't save you. Works don't justify you. But a saving faith that does justify is proven by your works. And so Rahab then sending these guys out, you know, through the window and then putting the red cord, you know, is, is just that action that accompanies her faith and shows that it is genuine. Right. In, uh, in Philippians 2, 12 and 13. It says, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. That's verse 12. But that's not a, that's not a, you have to work out your own salvation because that'd be contradictory to everything that Paul has said up to this point about our salvation isn't our own. And then in verse 13, he writes, for it is God who works in you. And Spurgeon explained that by saying, we work out our salvation. We work our, our salvation out. We work it out in our lives and in the lives of others. We work because it is God who has worked the salvation into us. We work out what God has worked into our hearts. I like Spurgeon. He's got some good stuff. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's, he's, he's pretty good. He's got a way with words. When you work with words, words are your work. Yes. Don not. That's true. <laughs> Don Knotts. <laughs> Not as famous of a theologian as Spurgeon. <laughs> anyway, and one other thing, notice the the faith and the confidence of the spies that really points to the overall theme of this book. We talked about in the previous episode, kind of the overall theme of the book of Joshua is that God is faithful and that God will fulfill all his promises. Look at what the spies say in verse 14. They say to Rahab, when the Lord gives us the land, like it is the, the spies are already, like we know this is happening, right? And then verse 24, when they return to Joshua, what do they say? They don't give up. They don't talk about, okay, Jericho has these walls. They're this thick and they have this many soldiers planted. You know, the spies simply say, Truly, the Lord has given all the land into our hands, and also all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. Mm -hmm. Right? The spies' main report is just, yeah, God's faithful. He's doing it already. He's working it all out. And that just shows how 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 big their faith in in God is. To know, mm -hmm. okay, well, we went there. We did what you asked us to do. We looked at it, and now we're reporting back. Yeah, we're good to go. Let's just follow through with what He's asking us to do. Absolutely. And George, I think that that kind of faith 
and that even obedience from the spies can can give us a an insight into how we should live because as i as i mentioned that god's mission is throughout the bible to call all nations and the way he does that um the the great commission says that we are going we are making disciples we have the ministry of reconciliation like second corinthians says it's our job to get this done and we're plan a there's no plan b but the work is already done like jesus says it is finished and he will draw all men to himself or he will draw his sheep to himself and we just have to go out and do it so i think there's there's an element of faith in this passage that we should have as we as we go out that that the lord's going to do the work and the lord's going to do what work needs to get done we just have to be faithful to obey we we will be faithful and god will bring the fruitfulness out of that well, all right. Thank you so much, Lee, for doing this with us. Absolutely. I enjoy it. I, 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 love, I love talking about scripture. So, Awesome. We'll, we'll uh, hopefully have you back on again sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. Before we leave, we do have two discussion questions that you can use with your small group or family worship or just in your own private reflection. Number one. Just as Rahab did, have you submitted to God as your Lord and asked for his mercy through the death and resurrection of Jesus? And number two, how often do you share the fact that you follow Christ? Do you testify to his power and grace? Thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you next time as we discuss both chapters three and four of Joshua. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord has shown you the richness of the word.